Um, let's uh, remember to pray for Paul Dudka in Ukraine. Continue to pray for our missionary there. And uh, praise God for the work that's been uh, going on there. Any others? Yes, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Yes, ma'am, we'll pray for Irene. She had a uh, cataract surgery Tuesday, and it went well. She can see me now from back, way back there. <laughs> How many fingers am I holding up? <laughs> I believe Miss Lucy's got one more to go in a couple weeks. Is that right? Okay. All right. Well, we'll be praying for that one as well, so you let us know. But praise the Lord for that. Any others? Any other prayer requests, praises, anything else? Yes, sir. Sure. Praise the Lord. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's why they do it. Amen. That's right. Yes, ma'am? Praying for Caleb? And, uh, well, you're doing pretty good? All right. Well, we're going to pray for you anyways, whether you like it or not. <laughs> she, she, to, she told us to pray, pray for you, so she's the boss in this one. <laughs> Anybody else? Yes, ma'am? Unspoken, any other unspokenness? Lord knows the needs of sweet. Anybody else at all? All right, y'all are light today. Lord must have been answering all y'all's prayers this week. That's good. I'm glad. That means y'all was praying. That's good. <laughs> Amen. Um, well, let's uh, let's pray. Now, just a few few things as we're just um, coming down off of VBS and everything from last week and stuff. Let's pray for. Our families that uh, we were able to reach out to, um, we're sent, postcards are being sent out and things. So we want to um, just continue to pray for those families and those young people. And we're starting our kids club back tonight again. Uh, so pray for that as well. And the workers, um, pray that God would continue to bless there. And as we're prepping for the, uh, we'll have a back to school bash come August and stuff when the kids are going back. So y'all be praying for these things. We've got more opportunities as this fall approaches uh, to, to reach out to our community. So we're looking forward to those things. Uh, be, be praying for that. Um, anybody else at all? Oh, yes, ma'am. Yes, kids club starts back. I did. <laughs> you see that preacher's wife really listens to the preacher. <laughs> I sa- I sound like the teacher from uh, from was it Peanuts? Wah, 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 wah. No, no. Um, I do appreciate prayers this morning. Um, uh, anybody ever coughed or sneezed wrong and made your back kind of seize up? All right, yeah, well, it can happen to anybody. So uh, I'm, I'm feeling a little, little stiff this morning, lower back, but the Lord's uh, good uh, and has uh, allowed me to stand up. And so I'm thanking Him for that, uh, but praying for His strength just to make it through today as well. And I want to let you guys know, too, um, uh, be praying. We've got a, a church that's going to be uh, some people, a friend of mine, um, who's a pastor of a church, and they're coming today to get some VBS things that we can pass along to them that they can use in theirs. So praise God for that. And I love the fact that we can work with other churches that are preaching the gospel faithfully and that are desiring to be used of the Lord and do the same thing that we were attempting to do. So uh, praise God for that. And uh, I, we're not in competition with nobody. And uh, it's, it's not a competition. 
So I thank God for that, and I hope that they see a tremendous blessing and get a great use out of the stuff that we were able to get the use out of too. And we'll be praying for next year and looking forward to it, all right? Anybody else at all? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, we've got some friends who uh, have a court this week over their foster babies. And then as well, she is uh, due for her own biological child that she's been carrying now in, uh, uh, I think, the next couple of weeks. The 29th. So, yeah, she's due by the end of the month. And so y'all pray for them. Anybody else? Yes, sir. All right. Noah and Kaylin are in the process of moving, and that's always fun. All right, we'll pray for them. Yeah. Anybody else at all? Yes, ma'am. All right. Was she able to find new housing? Not yet. All right. We'll be praying for that. Anybody else at all this morning? For once, twice. All right. Well, let's pray this morning. Let's look at these requests. And uh, then we're going to be in 1 John chapter 5 this morning. Uh, 1 John chapter 5. And if you want to, we do have booklets in the back. Uh, you can follow along right with us as we're going through here. Today we're going to be looking at verses 14 and 15 uh, specifically today. All right. Uh, but let us pray. Lord, we come to you this day. We're grateful for your goodness, your faithfulness. We thank you for allowing us to meet to gather this morning. Thank you for the fact that we just got breath in our lungs, our hearts are beating. And Lord, we've got much to be thankful for, Lord. So while things might not be going our way this morning at times, while things might be coming against us, while there might be distractions and discouragements in life, Lord, we pray that you would help us now to have clear hearts and minds as we open up your word. And God, that you would uh, demonstrate your goodness, your faithfulness to us through it. And Lord, that we would be encouraged by it, we would be strengthened by it, and that we would learn. And so Lord, that we might walk by faith. We uh, just thank you for these praises that we've had so far this morning, and Lord, for the fact that you have answered much prayer this week. Help us to uh, never forget, Lord, that um, we are uh, answers to prayer. We're walking answers to prayer. We're walking miracles, and Lord, that truly every moment of every day is, is an answer to prayer. Lord, help us to, to stay prayerful throughout all things, and Lord, as we look at your word today, God, that you would give us what we need, uh, specifically dealing with that passage. Uh, we do want to pray for these requests to you, God. We, we want to thank you uh, for Paul Dudka in Ukraine, Lord, for the work that you're doing there and for the, the great blessings that he's been able to see. I pray that you continue to give provision, uh, strength, and, and protection there. And, Lord, that you would um, continue to give them fruit for their labor, Lord. And we uh, thank you for those many things that you're doing there. Uh, God, we do pray as well for Miss Irene. Pray, Lord, that you would give her strength and help uh, with her health. Uh, we pray for Caleb, and, and, Lord, we pray that you would continue to help him uh, with his uh, health uh, things going on right now, Lord, that he'd be able to... Uh, just get strength and, and uh, healing. And we do pray as well for the many unspoken requests today, God. Uh, certainly every one of us, Lord, has something upon our hearts, uh, something that's a burden or something that is uh, certainly bothering our minds, perhaps, Lord. But God, I, I do pray uh, that we would trust you with these things and, and to not just know that you know these requests already, but God, to continue to pray through these things uh, until we see answers and until we see uh, you move uh, in ways that only you can. And God, we thank you, Lord, knowing that we can trust you to do such. We do um, thank you, Lord, for the outreach of VBS that we've been able to have. We pray for those families. We pray, Lord, that many of them would see um, their need of the gospel, that they would see their need um, to, to be in church, and, Lord, to, to seek you. I pray, God, that um, we can continue to reach out to them, and, Lord, as we're prepping for just different things this fall, as we're going into a new season, Lord, for, for different outreaches, that we would be used of you to uh, proclaim the gospel in this community, to be salt and light in this uh, 
in this community, even our own neighborhood, Lord, that desperately needs it. I pray, Lord, that you would be with the Oaks family as they've got several things happening now with uh, court coming up for their foster children. We pray, Lord, that your will would be done, that you would give them strength and, and provision during that. Uh, and Lord, as well for their own child that's coming into the world, we pray that you would um, help them to deliver um, a, a happy and healthy baby. Uh, we do pray as well for Noah and Kaylin who are in the process of moving, Lord. It's always such a headache, but God, we do pray that you would bless them through this new venture, that you would strengthen them, give them wisdom and direction during it. And Lord, we do pray as well for Miss Olivia. Uh, it seems that she's having to transfer uh, jobs, locations, and things again. We do pray that you would provide the housing and a church uh, that, that she needs and that um, will best meet her need. And Lord, that, um, as well, a, a place where she can be used of you. And God, I pray that you would just give her encouragement during this time. And Lord, I pray that you would help us now as we open up your word. Lord, help our hearts and our minds to be focused upon you. God, that you would do great and mighty things this morning and that you would uh, be glorified in everything that we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. We're going to be, uh, I want to read for us verse 13 down through 21. This is our, our last section here in our study in 1 John. Um, <clears throat> and our last booklet for it as well. Um, we've covered verse 13 now, and we're going to be looking in verse 14 and 15. Uh, let's read here verse 13. It says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall, uh, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin not unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. We know that, what, that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we, uh, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. We had begun last week, uh, or kind of rather, excuse me, ended last week looking at the first portion of verse 14, having confidence in our prayer life. Now, we spent a while back, just the past couple of months, and we went through on Sunday mornings uh, this sort of uh, series on, on preaching on prayer and what this looks like. And one of the greatest things about prayer is the fact that we can have confidence that we can pray anytime, anywhere, and be in the very presence of God, that we can give Him not just our needs, but we can give Him praise all the day long. And I do believe that the key to confident prayer is by praising the Lord in our prayer. If we're not praising God in our prayer, we're not really praying, first of all. If we're not praising God in it, how in the world could we be confident enough to ask Him of anything if we haven't first thanked Him for things? We could go on and thank God for far more than we could ask Him for anything. And we've got lots in our minds, as we've seen even this morning, and we've got many things in our hearts that we would certainly ask of God. But the greatest need that we have in prayer, I believe, to give us the confidence is to praise Him for who He is and what He has done. And who He is and what He has done is found in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the uh, fulfillment of the promise of God, which is the Word of God and the provision of God, the work of God. And so as we're trusting in Him, as we're seeking Him, as we are living in this world, we have to understand our great need of prayer, but we must understand as well the great confidence that we should have in it. Our confidence is not in ourselves and that God would look at us and go, you know, they've been really good this week. I think I'll answer their prayer. 
right? I want you to know that your answered prayer doesn't come that way. God goes, oh, well, they had a good week. I'll answer that. Or, you know, they had a rough day. I'm not going to answer this one. Or they start their morning off bad. So I'm going to give them a rough afternoon or maybe I'll pick them back up. God doesn't work that way, right? That's not the case at all. Uh, your answered prayer is far less dependent upon whether you're having a good week or bad week. And it depends far more upon the personal work of Jesus. It is based upon his character, not necessarily ours. Yet what we find in the scripture, though, is that there seems to be a whole lot more answered prayer for those who are living rightly according to the word of God, who are walking in the spirit. And why is that? Because those who are walking in the spirit and living by the spirit, we see answered prayer. But those who are walking and living in the flesh or when we are in our flesh, you know what we don't see? We don't see answered prayer. When we are walking in our flesh, what do we see? We see the unanswered prayer, or at least what we believe to be unanswered prayer. When we're in our flesh, we don't see all the things that God has done for us. We don't see all that God is. Rather, we go, well, this one didn't get answered. Or, you know, God answered it, but not quite the way I wanted. Well, this is the issue with prayer. Prayer is not to be so much about what we want in our own gratification, but for the glorification of God. And we've gone through this a bit. I want to look here at the confidence that we can have for just a moment. Just a reminder for those of you who've gotten this sermon before, but in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. That word boldly is not one of arrogance. We often associate it with such, but it is that one of freeness and openness that we can go to God and tell him anything that is on our heart, anything on our mind, anything that's troubling us, that we have a freedom to speak. And why do we? Because the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, who now indwells every believer, has given us not the spirit of bondage, but rather the spirit of freedom, the spirit of adoption, whereby we may now cry, Abba, Father. So now when we speak to God, we are speaking to Him not as just servants of the King of kings and Lord of lords, but certainly we are, but we are now speaking to Him as our Heavenly Father, and we are His children who have been born of Him. As John talks about in 1 John those that are born of God, born of God. It's those that have been born again, those who have been regenerated, those who have been saved, those who know uh, that, that who Christ is, they have repented of sins and trusted in Him. We now have the privilege of prayer. Therefore, we can have confidence in it, knowing that God hears us, that God desires uh, our, our prayer. Not that He needs our prayer, but rather He desires our prayer so that He can be the Heavenly Father that He desires to be for us. Right? God has never been in need of anybody or anything. We, we must not think that God needs our prayers to survive, but rather we need to understand that we need prayer to survive. Because without the hand of the Lord, without the power of the Lord, without the presence of the Lord in our life, we would be not just miserable creatures, but we would be absolutely in the flesh, living in the world. We would be so uh, hopeless and, and helpless in everything. But we have confidence because we can go boldly. And why can we? Because uh, Hebrews 4, uh, 14 and 15 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. What we find is that we have a great high priest who ever intercedes for us, a great high priest who was on this earth and was tempted and tried and was sifted and was pressed there uh, in, in the garden, uh, the night of his betrayal, we find that he knows what it means to suffer, but we know that he knows our hearts, sees our hearts, and desires for us to come to him, and that he, through his precious blood, has made a way that we can go boldly or confidently or openly and freely to the throne of grace. And we can find 
both mercy and grace in prayer. Now, as we come back here to 1 John and we see verses 14 and 15, and this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask, of, uh, ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us whatsoever we ask, and we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. I want to focus on that word if for just a moment. That word if is very important here. You see, you will either pray or you won't. You will either praise God or you will not. You will either ask God for your needs and, and your desires or you will not. The opportunity for prayer is given to every believer. right? It's there. But whether or not we live in that and, and take the most of that opportunity and that gift of prayer, that is entirely up to you. The will of God is for you to pray. But your will in your own life sometimes is that you would try to do things on your own strength, your own power, your own might, or that you'd get through, or how many times we get to where we're at our wit's end or at our very rock bottom, and then that's when we start shooting up prayers to God. We start shooting these things up and just going, Lord, help, Lord, help, Lord, help. How come you waited this long, Lord? Well, did we ever think to pray as things were still up on the mountaintop <laughs> or long before we started the slip, slide and slope, right? Now, as we look here with asking, we must ask. We must ask of God, and we have to understand this before we get into some of this, we must ask God for everything, right? We have to understand, we've been so privileged so long in our nation, we've had it pretty easy, even the ones of us who you go paycheck to paycheck or week to week, we still have it far better than, than the vast majority of the rest of the world. We've got to understand that we've got so many blessings that we've become desensitized to the goodness of God and we have started believing that it is our own funds, our own hands, our own work, our own abilities that provide and produce for our families, for the bills, the whole nine yards. It is not of us. It is of the Lord. Right? Think about this. You might be working right now to provide for your family. Well, that is good, right? Praise the Lord. That's God's will. But guess what? We must never in that get so prideful to go, well, look at the work that I've done to provide for this house, provide for this home, right? You kids, I'll turn this van around, right? The whole thing, right? Ingrateful. We're not, we've got to understand. The reason why we can get up in the morning, the reason why we can make a cup of coffee, the reason why we can go to a job, work the job, come home from the job, see a family, live in a house, pay some bills, right? It's not because of us. It's God. It's God that sustains your very breath. It's God that keeps your body functioning in the way that it's functioning right now to keep you alive. We don't even have to think about it. God is doing this in His providence and His power for His children. We must ask the Lord of everything. Why? Because we are dependent upon God for everything. And I believe the gravest of issues that we have faced is that we went from a society and from a church, from Christians that believed at one point in time, not so long ago, that we had to depend upon God for everything to where now we have gone, well, I have to depend upon God for the hard things that I can't do. That's not the case at all. You see, you think about David here for a moment. Right? When David goes and he, and he faces Goliath, was that his first battle he had ever faced? Well, that was the first warrior he had ever faced. But he had just told the king, well, I've, I've killed lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. Right? The whole thing. Now, let me ask you, what did David do during that? Was it David's strength? Was he some big, valiant warrior? No, he's just a little kid. But what was the difference? He had trusted in the Lord. It was the Lord's battle. And it was the Lord's cause. It was the Lord's ability. It was the Lord who gave him the ability to sling it around and around and around, right? And, and to pick up the sword that wasn't his and to chop the head off the giant and, and to see that victory. But long before he saw a victory over this giant, 
A big thing? Well, much smaller things. David had seen victory in. We've got to understand that we are dependent upon God for the little things, and not just the Goliaths of life or the mountains of life or the hard things of life that go, whoa, whoa, I'm in over my head. We've got to understand, we're in over our head a whole lot more than what we care to admit. And this is why we must depend upon the Lord, asking of Him. Now, as we look at this, <clears throat> and this is the confidence that we have in Him that if, if we ask anything. Now, I want to look at that. We've looked at the if. Let's look at the anything. What in the world do you think anything means? Anything, doesn't it? It means anything. Why can we ask anything that is according to His will? Because of the confidence in Christ. Because of the boldness. It's that freedom to go to God for anything. You can go to God for the slightest inconvenience of a hangnail or the biggest of inconvenience of a car accident. You can go to Him for gout. You can go to Him for cancer. You can go to Him for your meals. You can go to Him for your bills. Everything. Go to the Lord and ask Him. Uh, Cruz writes, The author is speaking about the confidence of believers in the presence of God, something which is further described as the knowledge that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. This statement recalls the promise of answered prayer made by Jesus to His disciples in the upper room. John chapter 16, verse 23-26. This is the second place in the letter where the author speaks about believers' confidence of parousia in prayer. The first place... Chapter 3, verses 22 to 23, he linked confidence in prayer to pleasing God by doing what he commanded, believing in the name of his Son and loving fellow believers. In the present context, believers' confidence in prayer arises out of their assurance of eternal life and is linked to their asking according to his will. When they pray in this way, the author assures them God will hear the request they make according to his will. Now, this is a key. The reason why... We should be confident not just to pray, but we should be confident in every prayer that we pray when we are praying for the will of God. We should not be so confident in our prayer life when we're going, Lord, you ought to do this. Lord, you ought to do that. Right? The Lord owes us not a single thing, and we should not be walking up to Him and giving Him a honeydew list or thinking that He is a, a, a genie in a bottle to come and to bail us out of trouble. That's not the case at all. Right? He is a God who loves us, a God who cares for us, but in this, we should understand that everything that takes place here in my life, in this world, should be according to the will of God. The issue is that we have our self-will and our spirit and our soul that we exercise in our body, right? And whether or not that will is surrendered to His will. Remember the prayer life of Jesus, right? And this has always amazed me. Jesus, who was God in the flesh, still yet prayed. Why? Because he was God, but yet, in the very same sense, in his humanity, he depended in his ministry and for his work to be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Directed, surrendered to the will of the Father, and surrendered to the work of the Spirit. His prayer life looked just like that. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. So what in the world should our prayer life look like if that's what Jesus prays? It should be, Lord, not my will, but yours. Lord, help my will to be surrendered to your will. Sometimes we ask about the will of God and we go, Lord, is this your will? Is this your will? Is this your will? We ask him so many times, is this your will? Without ever just trusting that it's his will. Because we oftentimes don't like that his will looks a little bit different than ours. Why? Because his timing isn't always ours. 
His plans aren't always ours. His, his purposes aren't always ours. Why? Because His ways are not our ways. He alone is God. The reason why we pray to Him is for that very fact. He is God, I am not. He is able, I am unable. If we could do it on our own, if we were powerful enough on our own, we would never need to pray. But because we are commanded to pray and have the privilege to pray, what does that tell us about God? And what does it tell us about us? It tells us that we desperately need Him and we should come surrendered to His will, trusting His will. Because real faith is exercised in prayer. But real faith will be surrendered to the will of God, knowing that, Lord, if Your will for my life is that I end up getting cancer or I lose uh, this or that, or my dog runs off, my truck runs off, right? The whole thing, the whole country song thing, right? Well, if that's Your will, Lord, help me to be joyful in it. Why? Because we're told we can be joyful in all things, that we can pray in all things, and we should do those things. The issue is, whether or not we will. We will either will our will until we frustrate ourselves to death, or we will have our will willed to the Father, willed to His will. Thatcher writes, to ask according to His will then means that we should ask for things that God wishes to achieve. It doesn't mean that God wants us to have whatever we ask for. So what is the will of God? tell you what the will of God is for every single one of you this morning, right? And I'm no prophet, right? I, I'm no, I'm no uh, televangelist here, right? You're looking at me live and in person. You know what the will of God is for your life? For you to know, love, and submit to your Heavenly Father to surrender your will to His will. And in so doing, you will receive the blessing of knowing Him, the blessing of His love, and the blessing of His presence in your life, and you will be able to glorify Him. Because all of creation, all of human history is to the glory of God. So what is the will of God for your life? It's to bring Him glory. Well, I will never bring Him glory when my will is not surrendered to His will. You will never give God glory when your will is so hard-headed and so stubborn that you say, I'm doing it my way. I know the right way. I'm going to just force this thing, right? How many times we try to do that? We try to force the issue with God and then we make a mess and God has to come and bail us out. That's much of our prayer life, isn't it? It's much of our Christian walk. But it should not be so. It should be that we are asking and what we ask for should be according to His will. So you want to know how to pray? Well, have you thought about praying like the Bible prays? Think about the prayers in the Bible. Go through sometime as you're reading. Mark down and write these different places where people are praying in Scripture. Truly pray. And you'll see what it means to pray. Have you thought about praying through the Psalms? Or praying through the prayers of those saints who prayed? Men like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and we think about uh, Nehemiah's prayer. And we think about David's prayers. Uh, some of praise and some of lament and, and repentance. The Bible is very clear of how to pray. Jesus then even tells us how to pray. The issue is this, whether we will or we won't. The will of God is that we will. So will we? It is a good thing that we don't, though, get all that we ask for, and that God gives according to His own will and not ours. You ever thought about this? Not just about the fact that sometimes God, we, we on our end go, well, God, doesn't, God didn't answer that prayer. Well, He did. Just not the way that we had 
prayed it or thought it. It's a good thing God has not given us everything that we've ever asked for, isn't it? We would probably be in a, in a great deal of hurt. We would probably be far worse off than what we realize because we think that we know what we need. But the one that really knows what we need is God. We think we know the answers and how things would happen and how things should happen. We think we know our real need, but our greatest need is not what we think it is, but rather our greatest need is God Himself. It is to know Him. Know Him in power. Know Him in fullness. Know Him in His presence. And so it's a good thing that God does not give us all that we ask for. Because much of what we ask for is incredibly self-centered, selfish. Much of it is very fleshly. God is gracious and not giving us all that we ask for. But God demonstrates His mercy by giving us all that we need, and then some. As we look at this, there's another commentator who writes, if something is God's will, why doesn't He just do it apart from our prayers? Now let me ask you, couldn't God do that? Sure. God could. God needed no permission to speak the world into existence. He needed no permission to dip His hand into dirt and create Adam and and take a rib from Adam and, and create Eve. <clears throat> he didn't need permission to, um, to create Israel, to create Egypt, to create any nation, or, or to have any rise or to have any fall. He needs no permission for that. Couldn't God just do it? Sure. But why would He wait to accomplish His will until we pray? Because God has appointed us to work with Him, as 2 Corinthians 6.1 says, as workers together with Him. God wants us to work with Him. And that means bringing our will and agenda into alignment with His. He wants us to care about the things He cares about, and He wants us to care about them enough to pray passionately about them. It has been said that anything that causes us to pray is a good thing. It is a blessing. And I believe that to be true, but here's the issue is that we often don't see the need to pray for as many things as we should be. Nor are we as passionate about things that God is passionate about. God is passionate about holiness. We're not so passionate about it. God is passionate about love and the gospel. And we're not always so passionate about those things, are we? The things that we put our time, our effort, our energy to, that shows what we're passionate about, doesn't it? Right? That those things that we care the most about, it will demonstrate in your pocketbook, it will demonstrate in your time that you give. It's going to demonstrate in, in the way in which you even approach it, right? If you're passionate, right, for uh, a football team or, or a sports team, right, or a concert or, you're, you know, a, a band or something, right, you're going to do all you can to be there, and you're going to be there in the moment. You might have your face painted. You'll have a sign. You'll be hooping and hollering, all these things, watching a, a kid or a grandkid play ball, and you're passionate because you love that kid or grandkid, Right? you got no problem there at the ball field. Woo, way to go, sport, right? Way to go. You swung and missed again, but way to go, right? You're a stickled pink to watch them play. You're passionate about them. Why? Because you love them. Well, should we not be so passionate for the things that God is passionate for? Should we not be passionate for God first in all things? Our prayer life, in a lot of ways, actually shows us what we're most passionate about. If our prayer life is full of praise, Certainly that's going to demonstrate that we're passionate for the glory of God. But if our prayer life is full of, Lord, this is wrong again, and this is wrong again, this isn't right, and this isn't right, and I need this, and I need that, and I need that. You know what we're passionate about? Passionate about us. That's right. Now, is it wrong to ask God for anything? No. He just told us to. But according to His will and for His glory. He says, and if we know that He hears whatsoever we ask, 
we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. We could trust in God to work these things. But we must be a passionately prayerful people. We must be passionately praying for God's purpose. And God's purpose does not always look like your purpose or your will. And that's why our purpose, our will, from the inside out, must be surrendered to God. Dodd wrote, Prayer rightly considered is not a device for employing the resources of omnipotence to fulfill our own desires, but a means by which our desires may be redirected according to the mind of God and made into channels for the forces of His will. Here's what prayer is. It's to have our body surrendered to Him, our mind, our soul, our spirit surrendered to Him. It's to have prayer is to not just have all of God, but it's for Him to get all of us. It's for us to be totally surrendered to Him and to His will for His purposes, for His glory. And here's what he says to end this little section. He says, and if we know that He hear us. Sometimes that little if is a big if, isn't it? I know that God hears. And as we've even addressed already this morning, taking prayer requests, those unspoken prayer requests, not one person said what that unspoken prayer request was out loud. You signified by raising a hand, right? And everybody has one. Ain't no shame in that. And we all go, well, God already knows. God knows the need. God knows the need. God knows the need. Yes, He does. But aren't there times in our life where sometimes, because we've been in the flesh, that we go, is God even hearing me today? Even preachers get to such a place. Walking in the flesh doing all the right things, at least what we know to do, checking all the boxes, and then we get to this place where we just feel like we're sending up a prayer, it's hitting the ceiling, it's coming back, or that I'm just saying words. You see, our prayer life sometimes feels like that because the, the thing about our prayer life is that our prayer life must not be done in our own flesh or own power, but must be done by praying in the Spirit. When I pray in the Spirit, there's freedom in the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is a liberty to pray. There's a freedom to pray. And there's a confidence in that prayer knowing that I can even pray going, Lord, I know you hear me. I thank you for hearing me. You ever thought about praying in such a way like that? Lord, thank you that I can come to you. Thank you that I, I know you hear me. Thank you I know that you already know my need before I tell you it. But Lord, I'm going to tell you anyways. Thank you that we can fellowship. It would change our prayer life if we understood the, the gift of what prayer is for us. That we can know that He hears. We know that He knows, right? We know that He hears. But sometimes in our flesh, if we know that He hears us. I believe that it is designed by God and able for every believer in this room this morning to know that God hears you. Remember, John has spent this whole uh, five chapters here in this letter 31 times saying, we know, we know, we know, right? No, 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 no. Not N-O, but K-N-O. No, knowledge. And he's talked about now that we can know that He hears us. If we could have confidence for all those other things that we should know, because much of this letter is given for our assurance, should we not have a knowledge and assurance that God hears our prayer? You know the greatest way to have that assurance, though? To pray according to His will. When I pray according to the will of God, I know He hears. And I know that He is answering. And I know that He's answering in His time and in His way. But I must trust that time. 
I must trust that way. I must trust in those purposes. Because we believe on Him, and because we are in Him, and because we obey Him, as He has talked about, even in this chapter at the opening portion of it, we can have the confidence that there is never a prayer prayed that has not touched the ears of God. It should be a blessing and an assurance to know that God not only hears, but the Bible tells us in the Psalms that His thoughts are many toward us. He thinks about you. He cares for you, dear believer. As Jesus talked about, if He cares for the sparrows and the foxes and all these things, don't you think He'll take care of you? Well, of course. He cares for you because we're far greater than a sparrow or, or a fox. You're made in the image of God, saved by God. One day we're going to be with our God. Therefore, we should trust and have full assurance that God hears and knows our great needs. We also see that prayers offered by faith according to the will of God are prayers that we can trust will be answered by God. Now, here's something that we run into a lot. We pray something and we'll even say, Lord, according to Your will though, right? We say, in Jesus' name, Amen. We open up our eyes, right? And we're going, did it happen? Right? We'll have a a headache or a backache. We might pray for it because we're we're in the Spirit that day. We'll pray over it. And we go, right? We kind of do that test. Is it gone just like that? You see, we're, we're microwave prayer warriors, aren't we? We want to press the button on the microwave and go, boop, well, prayer's answered. There it is. My popcorn prayer popped. It's ready to go. But many times we'll pray, even according to God's will, even in the Spirit of God, and that prayer is being answered in a crock pot. Low and slow. But when that prayer is answered, it comes out. It's nice and tender. Nice and sweet. And you'll be praising God a whole lot more for that because the issue of our day, and it's a very American issue, is that we are so used to comfort, so used to instant gratification. Cell phone rings, got to answer it. Oh, text message went off, got to answer it. No, you do not. We don't owe anybody and nobody owes us instant gratification. And it'd be a good thing at times for us to go back to a day where we didn't have such because... Now we approach prayer the same way. Well, I prayed about it and God didn't answer it. We thought about continuing to pray for it, being patient, asking God for strength to endure. Much of the New Testament tells the believer, you will have to endure. You don't have to endure things that are easy, do you? When you're at that ballgame for the grandkid, when you're at that concert, or you're eating a, uh, you know, your 12th basket of rolls at Texas Roadhouse, you're not having to endure that. It's a, it's a pleasure, isn't it? You have to endure things that aren't easy. You have to endure things that you don't like. We have to endure. And the only way to endure is through prayer. We must understand this as we bring this to a close here. That every prayer, <coughs> every prayer is answered from the perspective of God. It's a done deal. But because of timing, outcome, We often feel in our human, finite, fleshly minds that our prayers go unheard or unanswered. But there's never been a prayer prayed that God has not heard 
And truthfully, if we understand this from God's perspective, every prayer will be answered. For us, we might have to wait 10 years. Abraham had to wait 20 years. It was just like that for God. It was like God had just made the covenant and there, there's the promise being fulfilled. You see, we don't have the mind of God, therefore, we don't always understand the waiting. We don't always understand the, the purpose behind these things. But God does. Therefore, our prayer should be full of assurance, knowing and trusting that God is God and He knows what He's doing. And so if He, according to His will, has it be that I have to wait, even though I have to endure some hardship for a little while, it will be worth it. That God answers, God hears our prayer. But may this be a reminder for us today that as we pray, when we pray, how we pray, that even just how we live, it would be a life of prayer. It would be a life surrendered from the inside out to the will and work of God. Let us pray. Now we come to you. We thank you for this time. Grateful that we can study your word. Grateful that we